Welcome back to this to another episode of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. And for today's guest segment, we are joined by two different members of the Montana State University Climate Coalition. Zach Haley, how are you both doing today? Thank you for coming on to the show. Doing great, Desmond. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to just both just go ahead and have you both like uh, introduce yourselves a little before we get into the questions. Uh, Haley, uh, why exactly did you get involved with the Climate Coalition? Uh, At the time, I was involved with the Sunrise Movement, which was a local climate justice group in Bozeman. And Will Wright, who was kind of leading the charge at the time, reached out to us to see if anyone was interested. And I was the only student in the group at the time and hadn't heard of it, but it sounded really interesting. So I went to a couple of meetings. All right. And how about you, Zach? So this is actually cool because the reason that I joined was because of Haley. Um, We had a class together last semester. And she stood up at the beginning of the semester and was like, yo, there's this climate coalition on campus. We're trying to push the university to divest. We'd love to have you come check it out. Um, I came and checked it out. And ever since then, I was like, yes, this is totally my crowd. This is what I want to do. Okay. So let's just dive right into the, the topic of discussion here. Well, you know, first, before we get into, into divestment, which I know is why we're here, uh, first, just for the people who are listening at home or who are watching this in the future, you know. I want to start off with you, Haley. What exactly is the goal of the Climate Coalition uh, as far as like what the organization is trying to achieve? Yeah, we have um, our main goal right now is to get the university to divest from fossil fuels from its endowment, which is managed by the Alumni Foundation. And that's money that comes from donors and is funds like scholarships and teacher resources. And right now there's 19 million invested in fossil fuels. Okay. And when we talk about divestment, like particularly for those who might be a little just unfamiliar with what exactly that means, Zach, can you just break that down for us a little bit? Like what exactly does it mean for the school to divest from fossil fuels? Sure. So it's really easy to think of it this way. It's literally the opposite of investing. So investing, you're putting money in something, divesting, you're taking that money out of it. Um, and whether that's individual stocks, securities and bonds or um, mutual funds. Okay. So Haley, how exactly has Montana State been investing in fossil fuels? Like if we were to peel back the layers and look at exactly how the money is being invested currently, like what is, what does that look like, like as it stands today? So yeah, the endowment is managed by Wilshire Investment Group and the Alumni Foundation trusts them to put their money in their endowment into different funds. And so that 19 million is not sure exactly which fossil fuels. Zach, do you remember which company? Yeah, so it's, we don't invest in individual securities. We invest in mutual funds mostly. Um, And so within those mutual funds, we know that we're invested in at least Luke Oil, BHP, ExxonMobil, Rio Tinto, Glencore, and then JP Morgan, which is one of the biggest financiers of the fossil fuel industry. And about how long has this been going on for? 
Um, how long have we been invested in, in fossil fuels? Yes. Uh, I would assume since the inception of the university. So going back like, you know, over a hundred years, we're saying. Or, or, or should I say since the inception of the university's endowment, whenever they started investing. Okay. So I get the next question I have here, and this is going to be back to you, Zach, you know, since that you, since the climate coalition has started on campus, you know, has this been like an issue that students outside of the coalition have kind of like rallied behind or have you been able to get your message out there to the, to the other students at MSU about what's going on and what you're trying to accomplish? Yeah. So we've done, we've done some teachings in classes. We've done some tabling out on campus. Um, we just held an event with Bill McKibben, who is a world-renowned environmentalist. Um, and he came and talked on campus about divestment. So we've been trying to do some public facing events like that to get people engaged. Um, we have a petition right now that's nearing about a thousand signatures. Um, and then we've also been doing a letter writing campaign to the Alumni Foundation, trying to get other students to write letters to them, asking them to divest. Um, so there is a, a good group of people outside of strictly the coalition that, that do support it, yeah. Okay. And, and how has that effort been overall? Like, has it, has it been like easy to like recruit new people to join like your efforts or to get more people like involved or has the university given any kind of pushback at all, Haley? Yeah, it's the people that we end up talking to most are pretty excited about it and just have no idea what's been going on. The university isn't super excited about us trying to get it to divest. I think they see it as a political stance and are just not super willing to take that political stance. For overall though, I think, yeah, everyone we've contacted has been super excited. Okay. So we are actually gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, I'm gonna have a few more questions about what exactly is going on at Montana State University with the Climate Coalition. So stay tuned, we'll be right back after this quick break. Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode. Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage inspired clothing, shoes and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. 
Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at bettysdivine.com. Okay, welcome back from the break, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us through this episode of Independent Thought. As we kind of jump back into this, I, I want to ask a couple different like, personal questions. You know, whenever I have someone come on, you know, talk about any issue, you know, this obviously is a political podcast. I'd love to know why people get involved in politics, you know, as of May. You know, Haley, I want to start with you. What was it that I guess like personally made you want to get involved in this issue specifically? Were you doing something else beforehand that, that kind of like proceeded that made you want to jump into this? Yeah, so just climate change in general was something I didn't really care about until four years ago. And for me, when I finally started wanting to get involved and engage with it was when it was framed to me from an immigration standpoint. I grew up in California and just remember the immigration process being so gnarly for so many friends and people getting deported. I thought I wanted to do immigration law for a while. And then uh, someone came to the school and talked about the effect climate change would have on climate refugees and the, just the immigration um, process. And that was so overwhelming, just like seeing how much more intense it's going to get right. unless we start thinking about climate change. So that's when I wanted to start focusing on climate policy, like as soon as I could. And ooh, there's some dogs in the background. Um, and so when Will Wright reached out to me, about divestment, I realized like this is a way that I can really like within the scope of my abilities affect something. And so divestment was interesting to me because it was something I felt like I could really affect in the grand scheme of climate change. Yeah, I mean, that's an incredibly important feeling to have the feeling that you can actually have some power over all the different like injustices that we're seeing around the country. Now, Zach, what was like your personal reason for wanting to get involved? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, I, I'm an environmentalist, I care about the environment. Um, I care about what climate change is doing to, especially Montana with um, decreased snowpack, wildfires, um, lower water levels in our streams. But it, it really does go beyond that. For me, I think I'm really interested in the, the technical policy side of it. And so, so bear with me, I have like a couple reasons why I really care about this. Um, yeah. And, and so the, the first one is kind of coming from a national security perspective. And when we look at the different ways that we can source our energy, we have natural gas, fossil fuels. We also have renewable energy, um, solar, wind, nuclear, hydro, et cetera. Um, but a large portion of the way that we source our energy right now in the US is fossil fuels. And what is unfortunate about that from a national security perspective is that we get a lot of that oil or we did get a lot of that oil from Russia. Uh, we've now cut that off and Saudi Arabia. And so now cutting that oil off from Russia, that means we're gonna be trying to look to Saudi Arabia to get this oil now. And so when we're depending on these authoritarian states for um, the ability to turn our lights on, like literally the things that we need to have our society run, that really scares me. Um, and so on the other side of that also is how that affects consumers. And I think we all, recently have seen the prices at the pump. Um, the average price of gas has gone up from $3 of May of last year to $4.38. I checked today. That's 46% in the last year. And that's right. a direct hit on the pocketbooks of consumers, um, especially low-income Americans. 
Um, and so I think it's really important that we have a secured domestic energy supply chain. Um, and, and also what's, what's great about renewable energy and transitioning away from fossil fuels is, I already kind of talked about how gas prices fluctuate. Solar energy, wind energy, nuclear energy, hydro energy, all of that energy is a flat price. In fact, it's actually going down, but it's not going up. It's not fluctuating up. So it's always getting cheaper for the consumer and there's a lot more consistency. Um, and then another thing that I think is really important is this human rights aspect of it. Um, there was a recent study that came out from Harvard and the University of Birmingham. And they found that air pollution from burning fossil fuels is responsible for about one in five deaths worldwide. That was more than 8 million people in 2018. And that's more, that's more deaths um, caused by fossil fuel particulate matter than is caused by AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria combined annually. Wow. So that, that that's, that's pretty staggering statistic to leave us off with. So obviously, you know, as everyone basically knows, or at least you would hope that everyone knows, the climate is changing to a dramatic effect. We're even seeing things, you know, this week as far as, you know, heat waves going through Texas, reaching record highs down there right now. When it comes to how the administration has responded, I want to switch to that really quickly here now. Obviously, you've brought your concerns to them. Haley, what has their response been like so far um, when you have spoken with officials at the university? It's been really interesting. So I was also on the campus uh, sustainability advisory council for, for a while and was part of passing the sustainability framework. And even people that are like really concerned about climate change and really care about it are really afraid of higher ups at the university, afraid of losing their jobs. Uh, Cruzado doesn't seem super concerned with prioritizing climate policy stuff on campus. And yeah, there's definitely been some fear from faculty I've interacted, specifically with the working group. I'm not on the working group, but from what I've heard from the people that are, the a lot of the people are like, oh, you need to prioritize like directly targeting Exxon. And like, that's how you're gonna really get these changes is by directly targeting these companies, which is absurd because like us as like university students, we don't have that much impact on Exxon. We have impact on the divestment campaign, which links us to a international divestment campaign, divesting trillions of dollars from these companies. And that's what affects it, not us yelling at Exxon. So, you know, I, I know that, you know, Haley kind of touched on this earlier, but, you know, Zach, why, why do you think that the university has been so resistant, you know, to your, like, to your calls for action? Yeah, I think it's the political climate that we live in in Montana, um, as well as the fact that as a very engineering heavy school, we are very intertwined with the fossil fuel industry. Um, the top third donor to our university is a former fossil fuel CEO. We have multiple people who work in the fossil fuel industry on the alumni foundation who are making these decisions for our endowment. Um, the Alumni Foundation received a letter from the Mont Montana Petroleum Association expressing um, that they were very upset that they were considering divestment. And so I think the 
investing committee and alumni foundation is really scared that if they make a move to divest from fossil fuels or if anything is too public facing that they're going to start losing donor dollars yeah and that's something that's really been prioritized especially lately is um trying to just make as much money as possible Sounds like any other business, I guess you would say, which schools claims that they are not. But, you know, when it comes to this issue, particularly, Haley, do you think that there are some other intersectionalities between this issue and other issues like on campus as a whole? Yeah, definitely. One thing we were trying to push for at first was divestment from private prisons, which, you know, also affects, especially in Montana, the native population way more representative prisons than they should be so yeah the university should not be accepting things like that especially if they, like affect their students there is that oppression well there is yeah um zach do you have anything to add to that um i guess this isn't like another topic but it, it's something else on campus that we have been talking about and especially moving forward we want to consider really pushing the university to change is um getting the university to divest in terms of its investments is really important but there's a lot of other aspects of campus that are contributing to our carbon footprint and so another one of the things that's really important at least in my opinion is we need to push the university to start divesting its carbon footprint in terms of its operations. So that's um, burning natural gas to create steam at the heating plant on campus. That's how can we mitigate the amount of energy that we have to get from Northwestern energy because we all know Northwestern energy is not transitioning anytime soon. Um, so yeah, I think, I think something that's really important is one, the operations at MSU but also how we can start to shift the culture um, with students, faculty, administrators, um, and just how they look at everyday things in their life, whether it's just riding your bike to school versus driving your car, whether it's the carbon impact of the food you're eating, et cetera, et cetera. So one of the final questions that I, I have for both of you is the role of, let's just call it outsider money influencing Montana State University's policies. Has that become a massive like, uh, like detrimental issue at the university? And is it something that you are talking about, well, talking about to other students and to the university itself, like in relation to this, um, this coalition? I was like, well, what you're trying to do with divestment as well? I don't. <laughs> no, sorry, go for it. Yeah, no, if the university is, you know, actively trying to stop things like this or not pushing as hard on education that is up to date with climate science, that's a huge problem. Like, yes, the university needs to make money, but it is be accurate and up to date and not influenced by money as much as possible. Um, I know there's still classes in the ag department that, um, Things like carbon sequestration, like trees don't do carbon sequestration, so we should, like cut them down and do cow pastures instead and stuff like that. That's like in the university education system. And so I know something some of my professors for is more climate science policy, and that's been really put down as well. Um, so yeah, I'd say it is an issue. It's not something we super connect, I think, when we're talking about it, but yeah, it's, it's all related. 
I will add that there, there also has been a recent conversation um, kind of about this topic as it pertains to something else. And that is that um, Gianforte's foundation just made a $50 million plus donation to MSU to um, create a new school of computer science, I believe, Okay. our, our building for computer science. And um, he wants his name on the building. And so one of the things that's being discussed at MSU is how you have an active political figure making a contribution to the university and then that university putting a name on the building is endorsing that political figure. So I think there is starting to be a conversation about outside money um, as it pertains to the university, but I think it's a new conversation that is, is really just getting off the ground. Perfect. Well, I appreciate both of you coming on the show today and telling us about, you know, uh, the goals of the climate coalition about trying to get Montana state university to invest from fossil fuels. Uh, Zach, is there a place where people can go online and just like follow more with what you're doing and learn more about what the coalition's trying to do? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a website um, and it is divestmsu.org. Um, and then we also have um, an Instagram and that is MSU campus climate coalition. All right, everyone. So I'll have some episodes, we'll have some links to both of those in the episode description. So if you're listening right now, drop it to the episode description, you'll be able to see either one of those links. I want to thank my guests for coming on today. Zach, Haley, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, stick around for one final break. And when we come back, we'll have my final thoughts of the day. Thanks again. Stay tuned. Welcome back from the break, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us through this episode of Independent Thought. I want to first thank my guests, Zach and Haley from the Montana State University Climate Coalition. Thank you for coming on to the show and bearing with me through some technical difficulties. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, for all of the listeners, you know, this topic, climate change and, and, you know, topics that have, you know, synergy with it, you know, especially in this particular case with divesting away from fossil fuels. As I said in previous episodes earlier this year, you know, like with the pandemic taking front stage in our politics for the last couple of years, climate change went on the back burner, unfortunately, but we have to bring it back into conversation because nothing has really changed as far as the imminent need to address these things in a variety of different ways all over the country, all over the world. Uh, this is just one conversation I hope to bring to everyone uh, in the ongoing future as far as trying to just keep this overarching idea of addressing the climate as something that's in the forefront of our minds politically. So with that being said, there'll definitely be more climate-related content, episodes, interviews, so on and so forth in the future, in the not too distant future, to be completely honest. So with that being said, you know, looking forward to that in the future, as well as we will have a normal amount of episodes coming next week, as we are getting back onto schedule. If you have not listened to the first few episodes of season five so far, this is the fifth episode of season five. There are four earlier ones, please go back and check them out if you have not already. And if you are not currently, uh, please go ahead and subscribe, follow to the podcast. I think they've changed all the subscribe buttons to follow buttons. Depends on what platform you're using. Most of you, I think, are on Apple or Spotify. That's what the analytics tell me. So 
either way, uh, go ahead and follow, subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the notifications on, uh, especially with Spotify particularly. They are horrendous about telling people when we have new episodes and thus the bell is on. And finally, if you liked this episode, please share it on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, tag Independent Thought. And if you can, please uh, consider supporting the show on Patreon. Uh, any and all donations go to improving the show, making it a better quality product going forward, as well as recruiting new people to helping us further the show and what we want to do in the future. The Patreon link can be found in the episode description. Huge thank you to all the members of my Patreon currently. Uh, you are really empowering me to continue to do this on a continual basis, especially through this time that we're currently living through. Thank you so much for everyone who watched, well, who's been watching the videos on YouTube, who has been listening to the episodes on the audio version. I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. If you have any feedback about this episode, send me a DM on Instagram or Twitter. Let me know what you thought of the episode. I will see you in the next episode. Have a good day. Mm -hmm.